and it's a little shaky with them. And speaking of incompetence, how about you go to a job, right? You fire your guy, your manager. He sucked. You fire him. He went somewhere else. Then you hire the guy that he replaced at his new job. That seems pretty incompetent. I can't believe a football club would do that. No. And that's I because Spurs aren't a football club. No. They, they don't know what's going on. <laughs> They're expected oh God, to. I, I forgot about that. Oh, my God. What's up, guys? This week, we're starting off with a little something different. We're going to introduce a brand new segment to the We Call It Soccer family. Exciting moment. We're ready to go. I know I'm excited. I hope Walker's excited. Woo! Excited! <laughs> Sounds excited. So welcome to the inaugural edition of Transfer Tea with Michael and Walker. Uh, Transfer Tea is brought to you by McDonald's Sweet Tea, any size, large, medium, small, whatever you like, your big, thirsty, little, thirsty, $1, classic, genuine sweet tea. And I live in the South, so I would know. Make sure you stop by a local McDonald's to quench your thirst during these hot summer months. Thank you, McDonald's, for sponsoring this. But anyway, the big transfer news on the mind. we got some big, big names, some big news. We're going to start off in Spain. Rafael Varane, there has been talks of him leaving. Madrid for Paris, there have been talks of Liam for United, Chelsea, all these clubs. But finally, he has decided to leave. He will not renew, according to El Confidencial, out of Spain. Uh, but the front runner for his services are now the Parisians. Paris Saint-Germain is uh, the number one target of his now that he wants to move back to France. Well, with this move, they now have Marquinhos, Kimpembe, and then a Varane. That looks like a surplus of world-class center backs to me. Don't you think so? Yeah, that is um, – and possibly Ramos going there as well. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that, that's a lot of names to pick from. Um, I, I mean, that would, be, that would be just be awesome for them. You know, maybe they'd go into a back three, back four, but, you know, in, instead of, like, another holding midfielder, you just start on another cam. You know, I don't know. There's options that they could do. Um, I like it though. I like, you like him going back home. Uh, mm-hmm. everybody sees Madrid is dying and, um, it looks like the, the big players are getting the fuck out of Dodge while they can. Yeah. Yeah. Madrid, uh, if they lose their two center backs, I mean, they still have Miltao, but, uh, <laughs> he's good yeah, for the Salisau. Yeah, no. Yeah. When he has a bunch of, uh, great players around him, like Fred and Neymar, but, uh, you know, wow. we'll see. But, uh, sentence. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna stick in Spain, uh, and we're gonna go to the rivals of Madrid, Barcelona. They are working very hard to complete Memphis Depay signing this week. Coleman has wanted Depay for I'm pretty sure as long as he's been born, like since his existence. It's just an ongoing rumor, and we may finally see the end of it. Is this a is this a position of Barcelona's need? Do you think? Um, or is it just another luxury signing? I don't know, to be honest, because although um, those of you who dabble in FIFA may think Memphis Depay is a striker, he's kind of like another messy Griezmann type. He likes Mm -hmm. to drop off the ball, move around, roam around. And um, although he is very talented, certainly had a very exciting first game of Euros and 
what's still the best game of Euro so far. Mm -hmm. Spain, Sweden. It was a thriller, guys. It was a thriller, but couldn't quite live up to the five-goal masterpiece that was Netherlands, Ukraine. Emphasis Pie was on full display there. Talented player, not assigning a need. Speaking mm -hmm. of Dutch people in Barcelona, Gigi went out and getting uh, snagged by PSG away from Barcelona. Um, at first, I'm like, okay, not too bad because they have Pedri, Ricky Pooj, and um, Frankie de Jong. And I, I feel like you just give the young kids the keys right there, stop, yeah. whatever. But when Adam was all over the pitch, all over the pitch versus Ukraine, I know it's Ukraine, but they have chemistry because half of the national team plays together. And Ali Zinchenko, winner, serial winner, was anchoring that midfield and went out and bossed it. Yeah, he also got mossed. Yes. By uh, Dumfries. We can't yes, he did. Yes, he did. And uh, But Dumfries was was all over the place. He had a great game, yeah, to be honest. I mean, could have an even better. It was, it was like the Phil Foden game versus, uh, versus Dortmund. A lot of missed chances. Ended up doing something at the end of it. Could have done a lot more somethings. <laughs> yeah. Um, and going back to Depay for a second, I completely agree. I think he's a luxury signing. Um, and like you said, he's very similar to Messi and Griezmann in their play styles. And it kind of asks the question, is he better than either of them? I don't think so. I definitely not messy. Like obviously, but is he better? Maybe on form, there's an argument for Griezmann, but I don't. I think obviously it's just it's just bad form. I think Griezmann's still a class player and certainly better than Memphis Depay's at, at each of their heights, respectively. Yeah, and then out on the wing, if you tried to play him out there, you you have Dembele, and I think Dembele is one of the best players or wingers in the world when he's uh, fit. So I don't really see a fit for Depay here. Um, again, but it's a great, like, he's a good player, like no disrespect to him, but, um, probably a dream move that he wants to get done. That's why I think it will happen, but I don't see a logical fit for this Barcelona side. Um, then last thing in Spain, we're going to Atletico Madrid. Uh, they're pushing to sign Rodrigo de Paul as their main target. Hakan Kolomju is still on the list, of, yes, but AC Milan want to keep him, and uh, they're hoping to convince him to stay, and they feel confident. But a rumor that has been swirling with Milan is Arturo Martinez, and as of today, those talks have not went on. Um, according to Mete Morato, uh, they have not happened. So they may pick up, but as of the moment, that is dead and only a rumor. So uh, we'll see what We'll see what Atletico Madrid do there. Do you think uh, Hakan coming in or Rodrigo de Paul would be a good fit for this Simeone side that you love so much? We we can talk maybe a little bit about Rodrigo de Paul. Uh, I think he could play in that Simeone side. I want I want my boy Hakan Kongaglu. I don't want him anywhere near anywhere near Diego Simeone because I know I know what he can do to people. And although he is a master genius, and for a player of uh, Marcos Urente's ilk, maybe a Bernardo Silva type, a Fred. Those people are the people that can go play with him. Um, people who, who you know, need to you know play up top off a striker need to be compensated for a bit if if they're to be utilized the best of their abilities. They have no place there. Terrible move. Don't even want to think about it. Yeah, uh, I agree. Terrible move for bright players who love to enjoy the game for a 
what it is, a game, and have fun because um, he kills fun. But I hate to stay on Simeone for this long and compliment him and do anything. So we'll get off him. Over to England. This one's not a real piece of transfer, but it is a renewal. Arsenal youngster Eddie Nketi received a new contract proposal from Arsenal a few days ago, as reported by The Athletic in the UK. Um, nothing is agreed. And West Ham, Watford, Palace are circling him if he doesn't sign. And Bayer Leverkusen were interested in him for the last few months. So uh, Arsenal could lose the youngster here. And we've seen how well Arsenal youngsters do when they leave and go to new places. Um, I mean, just look at uh, the guy in Newcastle, Willick. He changed they want him to stay. They want him yeah. to stay. They want stay and he was such a good player for no continue to be a good player from if he stays it's kind of a trend with arsenal of losing these young players do you think he stays there or do you think there's not enough opportunities for him and he'll venture to go to a i guess one of these is an upgrade in west Ham, but the lower lower teams yeah i mean if i was him and i'm not i'm not a world-class athlete playing for the fifth biggest club in london i'm uh I'm not, so I don't really know. But if I was, then I'd back myself in a position of need at Arsenal. That's right. It's a position of need there. He should stay. He should try and compete. Who knows? Maybe Mikel gives the youngins the keys, full tilt, just fucking hands it to him, latchkey kids. Hey, guys, I'll be home at eight. Have fun. That's it. Be safe. You know, I think there's a chance for the youth movement. I'd love to see it, and I think he should stay because of that. And Joe Willock, although I'd love for him to stay at Newcastle, Arsenal should do all they can to snatch him back up, get him back into London because he's a he's a serious player. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you there. Um, but remains to be seen. Arsenal aren't the most competent board uh, no. or club or anything, Mm-mm. so um, it'll it's a little shaky with them. And speaking of incompetence, how about? You go to a job, right? You fire your guy, your manager. He sucked. You fire him. He went somewhere else. Then you hire the guy that he replaced at his new job. That seems pretty incompetent. I can't believe a football club would do that. No. And that's I because players aren't a football club. No. They, they don't know what's going on. <laughs> they're expected oh to I, can't, I forgot about that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> they're expected to announce Paulo Fonseca. Uh-huh. Uh, this Wednesday, I've heard, and Daniel Levy has approved it. Fabio Patrici, uh, the new sporting director, is uh, all on board. And to quote Fab, this is a new era set to start at Spurs. Oh, my God. Chef's oh, my God. Right this is crazy. Yeah. This is ridiculous. This is the worst signing of the summer. I don't care. Someone could go pay like $100 million for nobody. Like, just give someone $300 million and this would be a worse signing than that. This is terrible. Yeah, no, that is that is, is absolutely awful. He couldn't cut it in Syria, and um, you know it's it's the oldest of the top five leagues. You know, you can people call it tactical. It is tactical because you know those older players, the savvy vets, they have the know how. But it's not same speed, physicality, and he he's got aging an aging backline, a weak fullback pair, um, a thin midfield that lacks real consistent creativity. And Harry Kane up top. And if he's hurt, then, uh, you know, someone can't do it by himself. And um, if he's there, if he's there, if he's there, if he's there, 
Hopefully he's <laughs> not there. Hopefully he gets out. Maybe he wants to go for Aguero's record. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, nah, terrible. Absolutely terrible. I expect him to fail. This, so, you know, you, you say a few weeks ago that Spurs in the hip, new, fun, and trendy Europa Conference League, it should be a slam dunk win. But then they make a, a hire like this, and uh, now I think the, the thing's wide open. It's wide open. <laughs> that would be so bad if he can't even win that. He's not. They're not. If if they don't if they don't fire him before it, it like, look, they're gonna need to fire him. They're gonna the, the best Spurs fans can hope for is a horrendous start to the Premier League campaign before it's too late in the conference league. Yeah, this this is like Rome like I guess like Syria some people may not watch that much, but Roma weren't a good like side. Like they didn't stand out and do much well, you know? Yeah, it's not they like they're good bad players. players either. Exactly, yeah. And yeah, it's <laughs> it, it's an upward move for him in terms of a name, but this is a declining and like vert diagonal down. I don't know. Spurs um, are trending down. Move for Spurs is definitely they are trending down. <laughs> Perfect yeah. way to put terrible. it. Terrible. The only Absolutely way to terrible. put it. Any anything else on the transfer front? And uh, the final, yeah, we're going to talk about the Americans for a little bit. There's three American news. We're going to run through them pretty quick. Byron officials are in Texas as we speak, working on a permanent deal for Justin Che, the young center half, uh, 17, has already trained with Byron's first team. Future is so big. In three years, we'll see a full American uh, center back pairing for Byron, and three mm-hmm. out of the four uh, are from North America, which. Ink it, it will happen. Um, staying yeah. in Byron, we got Chris Richards. Him and Byron are waiting to decide on his future next couple of weeks. Nagelsman wants to see him, but Hoffenheim want him back. Byron want him to be loaned back. Hoffenheim want a permanent deal. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. If he can probably make the bench with Byron, I don't think he'll get loaned out, but remains to be seen. And then the last piece of concrete. American news is Conrad De La Fuente looks set to be making a permanent move to the French top flight and join Olympique Marseille. Barcelona and the French club are in talks for the young winger, and Barcelona will include a buyback clause. Many other top division sides in France, England, and Germany wanted his signature, but it looks like Marseille will win the race. Yeah, solid move for Conrad. I mean, good for him. You know, hopefully he can compete a little more um i don't know does payette play on the same side as him he he's known for being able to like play either side equally well i think Fair he's enough. a natural right-sided though right. and uh i i'm not sure i'm not sure what i mean they have one really good winger so that's that's tough i mean, I, I don't I, I honestly couldn't tell you who the other one is but i know Payette yeah. plays there i don't know he's good um all right, yeah, hopefully uh, also Richards, he can – I hope he gets loaned out again. I'd rather him play for Hoffenheim than uh, – I don't know. There could be some some competition now that Alba's out. They yeah. still got Boateng, but – and then Sule. Right, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I think that second center back spot's wide open. Yeah, could be. Could they be. did get Upamakano, and he knows Nagelsmann, but – 
Oh, yeah, him too. He was embarrassed so many times throughout last season by so many different players. I mean, he's not that good. He's good, but he's not as good. Couldn't even make his national team. Yeah. 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 It is France, but still. Doesn't matter. France didn't make the Olympics the last last time around either, right? We're ma- we're drawing those conclusions. Um, all right, is that it? Is that it for the first ever installment of Transfer Tea? That is that is it for the first ever installment. Make sure you head to your nearest McDonald's and pick up that large, sweet, chilled tea. Thank you again to the guys at McDonald's and especially to my guy Michael Fahey. First ever transfer tee. That was the tee. Those were the transfers. Um, shout out to the people on the our sources. We can't name them. Cannot be named. We would go to jail. But just know, just know that everything here is written in blood, and it's going to happen 100% unequivocally. <laughs> we have never, ever been wrong on a transfer. Back at you with some Euro stuff after this message is from our sponsors. I'm recording, so take, take your time whenever. <laughs> This episode of the We Call It Soccer Show is brought to you by Vizzy Hard Seltzers, one of the greatest, bestest, amazingest tasting hard seltzers on the market. They stand out with not only their flavor and quality assurance, but they stand out with their ability to provide key nutrients and vitamins to you in your daily diet. They provide antioxidant vitamin C from the Acelera Superfruit and almost all of their flavors. Go check them out if you're over the age of 21 in America. And if you can find them over in the UK, go check them out if you're over 18. I cannot stress enough. This is my favorite drink after a long day of work and watching a game on Saturday with my friends and family. Busy hard seltzers. Great taste. Great quality. Great buy. Shout out the folks at Busy for sponsoring this week's episode. What's up, guys? We're back. A uh, bit of a serious note real quick before we get into more Euro stuff. Everybody saw what went down on Saturday. It, uh, it, it stole the show in, in the worst way possible. Christian Eriksen collapsing on the pitch. Um, word is now that he's fine. He feels great. Tests have come back, um, come back fine. He still wants to obviously find out what happened, learn more about it. But he's been FaceTiming his teammates, friends, family. He's been apparently he's been buzzing in the doctor's office. He's been happy, uh, all smiles. And, you know, just well, what what was your perspective watching it live when this happened? It was kind of surreal because it was a throw in and he took the touch and it was a bad touch. And like, oh, wow. Then he dropped. And you're like, oh, my God. You kind of just don't know what to think at that moment. And then you see his teammates rushing over to him. You know, the paramedics getting out there, the ref blowing the whistle dead so quickly and everything just kind of not kind of everything did stop for 15, 20 minutes while he was on the ground. And then a uh, curse the T I just say this curse the people who run the TV networks that were trying to get those angles of him like on the ground, seeing what they're doing, like fuck off. Like that's not the place, not the time for that. And just kind of seeing then his wife going on the field, having to be comforted by cash Michael. It was scary. Cause you know, growing up, now you look at guys as superheroes. You know, they're top of their game. They're people you want to emulate. Like, you play with them on video games and stuff like that. And then to see something so unexpected and so real-world to happen to one of these guys is 
wild and it's just so sad i'm happy that he's healthy um hope the test can give him the answers to what he's looking for um and kudos to his teammates for being so responsive to everything um one of them started cpr on him while he was on the ground um and that may have been the difference in saving his life or not so kudos to them and fifa making him come out uh, or uefa making him come out and play the second half of that game like an hour or two afterwards was I mean, they they had to agree to it, I know, but they should have just not even given them that option and just delayed it at least for a day because no one was no one was ready for that. And it was so visible within the first half an hour, that second half, no one wanted to put in a tackle. No one wanted to do anything. It was just not good. But hopefully the worst is behind him and he can only get better and hopefully he'll be able to play again. Yeah, man, be- just beautifully, beautifully said. Hit, hit every nail on the head there was to hit. Um, just want to reiterate the the big old fuck you to the to the TV operators, yeah. whoever is doing that. Uh, and apparently, in the Danish broadcast, I've heard that they had the common sense to cut away immediately. And you know, you do that whenever there's a naked lady on the pitch, which everybody yeah. wants to see. Literally, everybody wants to see that. And yeah, but you, you you're gonna get this like that. It uh, it was just uncouth, disgusting mm-hmm. by uh by the by ESPN like real real class job jackasses. But um and also UEFA they should have just done it next weekend. Figure it out, man. You figured out yeah. COVID. You can't figure out this. Like, come on, dude. Uh-huh. It was it was ridiculous. Um, but you know, prayers up for Christian Eriksen. Hope mm-hmm. he's hope he's you know. I, I, honestly, like, I, honestly, like, you you want to see him play again? But I hope he's just healthy. He's yeah. okay. There's no underlying conditions, mm-hmm. and um, he can he can just go forward. And put this behind him, hopefully. Yeah. So prayers up to him. Prayers up to Christian Eriksen. But on that note, we will transition abruptly into Euro 2020. It's kicked off with a bang, don't you think, Michael? Yeah, yeah, a lot of three goal games. Plus, it's been kind of yeah. So, I, soccer's fun. so boring though. There's no it's scoring. Been pretty fun. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like that nil nil draw that just happened was so boring, right? Was... Spain, Sweden. Who would waste their time watching that boring game? And see, that's the thing. That's the thing. I don't mean to tangent, but now I I have to tangent because people who like say they they don't they don't you know they don't get it. They don't appreciate the beautiful game. They can't watch it. It's so boring. I'm like, this nil-nil game was beautiful. The way Spain moved the ball around and so <laughs> crisply missed so many chances <laughs> was a spectacle to see. 90-10 possession. Do you know how crazy that is? It's, it's, like, it, it, was, it was a master class in ball control and, and nothing else. So they couldn't um, get, get the job done. But, you know, we've seen a couple wonder goals already. Yarmolenko mm-hmm. had a nice yeah. curler outside wow. the box. Then Patrick Schick said, hold my beer, buddy. Wilfred Chesney and um, who's the who's the who's the Turkish fellow on Juventus? Demidal. Yeah. 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 The two Juventus boys with an own goal. Ronaldo. Watch out. Don't put him in the wall for a free kick because a cheeky deflection might make it the hat trick for the Juve boys. But um, Or he'll just duck under it like he normally does. Yeah, that's tough. That is Not my go. Tough. Anyway, um, he, he, he's my GOAT mentality f- product on the field altogether. 
we'll see. Oh my gosh, you just reacted to something in the Argentina game, and I'm about to see it. Speaking. No, he doesn't. He's about to do this. Go. Oh my gosh. Well, before Lionel Messi does what he's about to do, I'm just going to explain to you real quick. We're going to take you through all the groups, give you a player to watch from each group, and then give you our thoughts on, you know, how far our favorite team can go uh, and what, what can go down. Messi is looking at the ball. He's looking at the keeper. He's measuring how fast the wind is going, the degree he must strike the ball at with the exact amount of – Oh, my goodness! The side of the Oh my God! Lionel Messi has done it again. He is—he's not everybody's goat. I don't know what to say about that. That was absolutely gorgeous. Oh my God! Crazy. Jesus, dude. Little magician, the alien. He's from another planet. That was perfect. That was. There's literally nothing. What do you? The way that, was, that bent, the way that bent, dude, dude, the, the, the way goal, that bent. Yeah, credit to the goalie for getting a finger to it somehow. That was, but that was picture perfect from Leo. Oh yeah, Zach Stefan would have saved that, but that was amazing. <laughs> uh, my goat plays tomorrow. Uh, he's watching this right now, and he's gonna do something. I don't know what he's gonna do. NLE Chapa vibes. Um, he's gonna do something, but. Where else to start in the Euros than with Group A? Italy kicked off the tournament versus Turkey. 3-0 dub for the Italians. It was easy money. The coaching staff came, dripped out. They were, I don't know the designer, but they looked great. Gareth Southgate did not one-up them. We'll get to that in a little bit. But um, the Italians look solid. The Turkish, the Turkish did not look solid whatsoever. Um, the Swiss got a cheeky dub over Wales. But more importantly than all that, my player to watch in this group, Group A, and Cohen Siley, my dark horse for the tournament is Turkey and Hakan Kangalhu. Attacking midfielder, winger, pseudo 8-10, do-it-all Swiss Army knife, attacking man from AC Milan. He is skillful on the ball, takes it well on the turn. Um, I feel like he plays best playing in that left half space in between the striker, a little bit up, a little bit to the side. He can make runs wherever he wants. He has the freedom to roam. And um, I think he is definitely the player to watch for Turkey and in Group A. You know, obviously, obviously, Italy is very talented, but they have a great manager. They have a great group of people, great squad, and uh, they're set up to do well. But versus Italy, Turkey lined up very passively, and Kangalu was relegated to the left wing. He had to drop back more than he, he should have. I don't know how they should have fixed this. Just kidding. Yes, I do. They they should have they should have just started under on the wing and put put him in the in the back maybe slid on Kabak went to a back five whatever you got to do to compensate for him to give him the freedom him and Yilmaz are the only way Turkey are going to be able to be the dark horses that I know they are so watch out for Hakan Gengalu in Turkey make it low make it far I, I bet him to go to the finals but that's 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 aggressive. So I, I think I think to make it out of the group and win a game, 
is, is what's actually going to happen. Yeah, yeah, this is a solid dark horse. Um, actually, the same dark horse I have. Uh, I thought they were going to come in here and make some noise against Italy, but just tactically got it horribly, horribly wrong, like you were saying. Um, it's They played like a bunch of... I, I just... Yeah, they did. And I just don't understand how you can take your most influential player and play him out of position in a very important match. I mean, I get tinkering. I get trying to find the best team. But I would assume that your best team involves your best player being yeah. where he plays best. And then you they build wanted, around that. So I don't... What was that? They tried to... They, I was going to say they tried to sit in and absorb Italy's pressure and then play on the break. But the problem with that is not that Florenzi isn't very attacking, but he still gets up and he got subbed off eventually. And you know that they pushed up a little more, but Italy had basically all the ball and Turkey's like main attacking strategy was to play like a long outlet to Yomas. And that's, yeah, that's not what he's good at. That's not how they're going to win games. Like under is your outlet guy as poor as he played at Leicester. Mm-hmm. Kangalu and Yomaz are your, are your finishers and creators at the top of the key. And they need to, they, they didn't get here. They got here with strong defense, but they also played good football. You know, mm-hmm. they can't, if they're going to be drop back merchants, then you might as well go home today. Yeah. If they, if they come out in this again, um, off the top of my head, I don't know who their next game is. It's Wales. They come out it's and do a that game. Wales. The next two games, they 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 should be trying to win. They yeah, to. if if they do this again, I don't I I don't see them scoring a goal this tournament. Um, that was bad. Hopefully, they pass it because, like we said, they're the dark horse. You know, they have the potential to surprise some people, but they yes. just gotta, you know, do it. It's gotta be brave and exactly go do it. Yeah. What do they have to lose? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Exactly. exactly. Um. But let's go to Group B. Tell me about Group B. Who, who, who are you watching? Group B. Group B. I'm watching the, I'm watching the Belgium, the Belgian players. Uh, the I Belgium. like Belgium a lot. The, the Belgians. Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> no, I like the Belgium. I'm a fan. It's, I'm going to start calling the Belgium. Yeah. Um, they, they won out and against, in my opinion, the second best team in this group. Just – off the pitch, uh, Romelu Lukaku, uh, Bolongoli, whatever you want to call him, showed his class, quick little brace, something light to get him off and running in this tournament. Um, and they were just firing. No De Bruyne, which on paper and on the field is a huge loss, but you look at the stats, you look at the score, you look at the expected goals, all that stuff, it was like he played. There's no difference. And this team's only going to get better when he recovers from his uh, – orbital injury so i really like belgium i they're they're the easy group winners for me and they've already taken down their hardest game i think especially with what happened to erickson okay yeah so i i agree with your assessment on belgium they're easy group winners i disagree that this was their hardest game because the russians were actually caught for doping uh, back in 2018 so they're no longer juiced on steroids and this is no not longer. the same. This is not your father's Russia. All right. This is not. This is not the Soviet Union juiced up on state-sponsored steroids. Okay. This is the norm of. No, this is a team of normal dudes doing normal dude things, and their hardest game is going to be against the deep line defense of the Finns. 
the Finns, they, although the the second half was a wash, obviously because of what happened, and yeah. I'm not gonna chalk that their win up as anything. Could mm-hmm. they have still gotten out of there with the draw? Entirely possible, given what we saw with Sweden today. And um, the Finns are going to sit deep. They play a 5-3-2, about as defensive as you can get, given the midfielders they got doing that. I think Glenn Kamara, a six for rain in the Scottish Premier League, is, is, is basically their most creative midfielder. So um, they, uh, they got an interesting setup, and uh, I think that's going to be their <laughs> toughest game, especially with no KDB. Uh, the Russians like to come out and play. The Danes will come out and play. The Finns, the Finns will sit deep. They will sit deep and they will realize my bold prediction of them getting out of the group and going to the knockout rounds of this tournament. Maybe in third place, who knows? But group stage is very forgiving, you know? Yeah, it is. It is. Player to watch. Player to watch on Belgium. Tell me about it. Jeremy Duku, the young, energetic pacey charismatic just incredible mercurial amount of adjectives winger um he's super fast he's super young he has a dominant right foot um he's gonna hit you on the break he's good with the ball at his feet but when he gets into space look out um i just picture him as the impact sub on this team belgium need a goal they need someone to run at people they're gonna call his name uh, like that he's really good with the ball he's a very good passer um and he's a high pressing machine he just won't stop he has an incredible engine finishing he's young so obviously that'll get better with age um but i really like this guy and i think he's going to show the world what he can do when the lights are the brightest no, yeah, I love that pick. Jeremy Dooku, love that name, if that's actually how you say it. Shout out Star Wars, Count Dooku, Darth Tyrannus, Darth Dooku, Super Sub, Super Sith, Super Slayer. Um, yeah, no, I sound so stupid. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, that's definitely a good player to watch. Um, Romelu Lukaku uh, on form. Is he the best nine in the world right now? I think so. And uh, Belgium, Kevin De Bruyne or not? If that man keeps doing yeah. what he's been Gosh. doing all, all year, he's uh, they're in for a deep run in this tournament. And uh, I, honestly, this isn't even a hot take. This is probably the last big major tournament they, this group of guys got in them. Um, I know the World Cup is only six, 15 months away now, but where is Vertonghen, Denier, and uh, Alderweireld going to be in 15 months. Denny is probably still going to be fine. He's the youngest of the bunch. I think he's still on the wrong side of 30. The other two, they are, they're aging by the day. Literally they're in the twilight of their footballing careers. And, um, I feel like this, this golden generation of Belgium is in the twilight of, uh, of its career. At least that back line is, but I figure that out. Yeah. I'm going to need to find because, uh, deniers only 20, you know, fan the other one. Sorry, you're, you're lagging. A bit. What? He's 24. Who, Denny? Uh, yeah, he's 24, 25, like that area. He's pretty no, young. He's not. Did he burst on when he was a teenager? Yeah. Oh, shit. He is. I, I, yeah, it's, yeah, like 24, 25. Because he, okay. he nah, burst on, fine. I think, when he was 18, 17 or 18. So he's been around for a minute. He's very experienced for his age, but 
uh, Vermalen, Alderveld, uh, just, yeah, I, Alderweld probably has it in him because he'll be probably 33 or 34 comes that time, but Vermalen's going to be 37. So they need to find some. Their fullbacks are fine, though. Uh, so no problem They're there. They're fullbacks. You can't see my air quotes. They're fullbacks. <laughs> They're not fullbacks. I don't play fullback. Castagne is a fullback. Amunia oh. fullback. I was I was talking more about the uh, the Carrasco Thorkin Hazard wingback oh. pairing. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Oh my god! It's... And Martinez is on the way out after this. He said this is the last one, or maybe the the World Cup, and then he's quits. Right? Which one? Yeah, uh, I think it's World Cup. Especially if they do nice here, um, I could see them leaving if they win, though. To be honest, uh, yeah. but if they like make a semifinal run, something like that, he's mm-hmm. gonna know like one last hurrah in the World Cup, nothing to lose. He's job safe. And Fair then, enough. Uh, so. Fair enough. Um, all right. I guess that that wraps up Group. Be how far? Wait, no. How far do you, how far do you think Beltram can go? Is gonna go? I think in my bracket, I had I had in the first round. Wow! Uh, in the knockouts to Germany. I mean, that could so happen. It's not we a haven't, bad we loss, haven't seen so the German speak. debut yet. We haven't seen the German debut. Yeah, but, but I think if they get past that. And if they finish, we're expected to finish. That side of the bracket's pretty easy because I think they'll come up on the like the whales or someone from mm. that area. Yeah. And uh, but I did have them losing to Germany. Um, all right. Well, we'll see how that shakes out. I I think that they're at least going to win. It uh, depends if they get Germany. I could see them losing that game. But like you said, that side of the bracket is going to be easier. So could get lucky and get an easier game. Move on. Um, Group C, Austria, the Netherlands, the Ukraine, and first time ever. Actually, I, I was remiss. I didn't shout them out. First time ever for Finland and North Macedonia. However, it's a much bigger deal because North Macedonia is actually a recently established and named country. Um, I, I didn't know this before the, the very informative ESPN broadcast. Apparently, their fan base is not entirely united because of the different nations that have had control of the territory that is now North Macedonia. Some of them feel they're Yugoslavian. Some of them feel they're other things. And, um, I mean, who knows? Maybe this national team, like, uh, like Didier Drogba in the, in the Côte d'Ivoire back in the day, maybe, maybe they can unite a nation divided through the success of their national team. No, just kidding. Um, just game of the tournament. Yeah, they're so not going to do that getting blown out. Yeah, they're not, they, they, they are probably going to get blown out in every game. They gave, they gave Austria a puncher's, puncher's chance. They gave it some real fight. Goran Pandev, of course, he got on the board. He had to go on the board. Treble winner. Ancient Serie A legend. Um, more goals scored for North Macedonia than anybody has scored for Portugal or Scotland. Um, so there's a fun fact. <laughs> and um, yeah, they had the game of the tournament in 3-2 dub, Ukraine, Netherlands. Player to watch for me from the Netherlands, Youngin, um, Justin J- Jurian, Jurian Timber. Justin, I was about to say, Jurian Timber, 19-year-old fullback, 
center. He plays in a, the right of a back three, though, for um, for LaRonche. And uh, he, he got up and down the pitch. He progressed the ball well. Only 19 years old. He's pacey. He's big. He is electric on the ball. And uh, watch for him to be a real difference maker for LaRonche, being sturdy at the back, being able to carry the ball field because LaRonche, the Dutch, the Dutch, the neutral bastards, God damn it, they're so neutral. Um, they uh, they played a great game, I think, although they let it slip away from them with two great goals, to be honest, by Ukraine. One off a beautiful set-piece delivery, one off a beautiful curler. They uh, they should be looking to go deep in this tournament with with uh, Frank the Beast at the helm, best manager in international football right now. Um they're definitely going to win one game in the knockouts, and Spain is not going to do that. So I'm going to win our long-standing bet. We'll, we'll get into the bet first. Let's get into it now. All right. Let's get into All the right. bet. All right. So once upon a time, there was a Manchester United fan, and there was a Manchester City fan. Um, and the Manchester fan City fans. <laughs> yeah, he kind of – like a plastic bottle. But uh, so he was very confident, the Manchester City fan, when Ollie took over um, about City's chances in the Derby. And I said, All right, you want to bet? And he said, Yeah, City win. I said, Okay, United win. United won. We fast forward a little bit more uh, to the next Derby of that season. Uh, he goes, Do it again, double or nothing. Okay, sure. I got nothing to lose. Or the Manchester United fan has nothing to lose. But City lost again. And this goes on two more times over the next four derbies. Uh, strategically trying to make his picks and choose when to bet. He went down to quintuple or nothing, which we are currently on now. And that lies on the Netherlands becoming or moving further in the turn than the Spanish. Uh, I have the Spanish. Walker has the Dutch. Uh, strong start for the Dutch. Should Dutch. be better for the Spaniards. I, I'm not wavering. Not wavering. United were always a second-half team. Uh, so we'll see if Spain can pull it through for me. But, yeah, a lot riding on it for him. A lot riding on it for him. For me, I feel like it it's a lot riding on it for everybody. Although you literally have nothing to lose, this bet – because this is Euro 2020 and 21. Mind you, that, that, that is how long this has been going on for. Yeah. This, this, this bet exists longer than the Since podcast. junior year. It exists longer than my Man City fandom. Uh. <laughs> um, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> it's it exists it's, longer it's, than it's the doozy. club itself. Yes. It, this bet has more history than Manchester City. And that is a fact. <laughs> um, so, obviously you think the Dutch are going to flame out as quick as possible. But let's say we hypothetically didn't have this bet. Where would you think the, the, the Dutch would finish, given their, I think, rather impressive showing against Ukraine? I was uh, – take nothing away from that victory. I was extremely impressed by what they were able to do uh, and just how they controlled it, what they were – you know, basically how they played, to be honest. Just Ukraine's not a bad side at all, and – uh they played well besides when Ukraine had that little spurt of scoring goals. But um, 
I didn't expect them to do much because of the guy that you were praising at the beginning, Frank DeBoer, the, Frank specialist, the, in, the specialist in failure. Uh, everywhere this guy go, he, he goes, he loses. Um, so, I mean, you don't have to take my word for it. You can take Jose Mourinho's word for it. And uh, he, he has all the stats. He has the numbers. He's like, I've won more games in half a season than he has in his whole Premier League career. All that kind of stuff. Uh, or nine games, nine defeats. So he calls him the specialist in failure. And who knows better than Jose? But no, I didn't one think... talking about the specialist. Exactly. Um, I don't think they were going to probably, they're probably going to make it out of group. And I would have guessed that they were going to make it out of group, but no noise whatsoever, especially without a uh, Virgil. They're no leader. Uh, their captain's gone and such a great, great player that they don't have. So with that, I, yeah, I'd say make it to knockout, but not win again. I don't know. I think it's six. They do have a leader, though. I disagree with that vehemently and wholeheartedly. I think disrespecting Daily Blind as a Manchester United person, you should be no you should be disgraced. You should be ashamed of your damn self. This is ridiculous. They have a leader at the back. They have talent all across the pitch. I'm not just saying this because I have the Dutch in a bet with you that is longstanding and means a lot. I'm saying this because they made me believe. I didn't believe, but I believe in LaRanche because of the way they played. It was exciting. It was fun. Frankie the baller was out and having fun. Memphis the rapper, he was doing stuff, dropping deep, getting. I haven't seen Memphis Depay move like that in years. No cap. I have not seen him move like that in years. It was amazing to watch. One uh, Adam was all over the place. If Dumfries had a lick of finishing ability versus Ukraine, it could have been like five or six two instead of three two. It was it was really amazing, but um, you do bring up valid points with the Frank DeBoer history stuff. He made Atlanta United yeah. the oh, seldom no. exciting, washable team in MLS all those years ago. Extremely boring side and got fired. Ridiculous how he did that. It's yeah, yeah, and talent only gets you so far. No, and uh, yeah. as as fans of teams who lost the respective finals as favorites. Mm -hmm. uh, when they were clearly the more talented side and the managers got outclassed. Mm -hmm. uh, he runs up against a team that's equally as talented with a guy who's definitely better at his job than he is. He's done. It, it, that's the thing, though. Are there, I mean, let's, be, let's take Mancini out of it. How many other, and Martinez? All right, never mind. I'm going to start <laughs> thinking about it. I'm going to name a couple. So let's, that is a valid point, very valid point. Could be the Achilles heel for the Dutch. But at the Will same be. time, you got Will a coach be. on the field in Frankie de Jong. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. All right. No, no, don't move on. To I, I, de, de Jong is great. De Jong is great. But. That's that's awesome that he's an on-field coach. I'm sure he is. I'm really sure he is. But if you don't have one on the sidelines, it doesn't matter. Watch. Just wait. Just wait till. Just wait till he. Just wait. Just wait until he pops Dumfries into the midfield and Daly blend out the fullback. Just wait till he makes that in-game adjustment and wins on the game. Just wait. It's gonna happen anyway. Oh, I'll wait. I won't hold my breath though. Oh my gosh! Enough of the slander. We're moving on to Group D. Hopefully, I can get some respect. From the Czech Republic, um, got a few nice players on there. West Ham boys, uh, Thomas Suchek and Vladimir Sufal. Um, 
England started off with a nice three points against Croatia. World Cup semifinalists, heartbreakers, they prevented it from coming home in 2018, potentially. Not really. They would have lost to France, but Thank they you. knocked them out earlier. Yeah. And um, the Scots kind of getting dunked on by the Czech. It was uh, it was not, not a good showing for them. Um, before we get into anything about what went down with the games, we must talk about what everybody has been talking about at nauseum for a month. If you are Gareth Southgate, what is your starting 11 for England? What is your best 11 for the three Lions? Okay. Um, I'm going to keep Maguire hurt for this. Uh, I'm going to go five at the back. I don't know. Hmm. I'm going to go four at the back. Luke Shaw, John Stones, Kyle Walker, Trippier. Right? That's it. Oh, and Henderson in that. Because Pickford's terrible. It should be Pope, but he's hurt. Uh, Midfield, Declan Rice is as good as he is holding it down in the center of the park. I'm going to put him as the lone CDM. Then I'm going to have Grealish, Foden ahead of him. Or Mount Foden ahead of him. Grealish out left. Harry Kane through the middle. Jaden Sancho out right. All right. Um, what? Are you serious? Is that yeah, serious? Yeah, no. Is that me? Oh, my God. All right. So, first Shaw, of all, first, yeah. of all it's, it's, first of all, first of all, first of all, catch. Henderson has done nothing to deserve the England number one spot, actually. Like, he, he's been all right. But but Pickford has had big moments and big games, games, plural, moments, plural, with England. And he plays better for England than he does for Everton. I don't think that's – That would be hard to not do. Fair point. He has short arms. But his distribution – kick a ball. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. His distribution is on point. Now you're slandering him. Now you're slandering him. This is, this is yeah, because it's deserved. For. Uncalled for. Next. My next item on the list. I agree with Luke Shaw and John Stones. Those are obvious picks. They picked themselves. How Gareth overthought it to play two right backs without Luke Shaw, who is probably the best left back in the Premier League last season. You can argue Cancelo if that's where he played. I'll hear Zinchenko Chout given his versatility and leadership um, and serial winningness. But, you know, I, I agree with Luke Shaw. And Moss ability. Where you lose me. Where you lose me. Already after making me skeptical with your decision in that. Kyle Walker at center back is ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. We're not playing FIFA Ultimate Team, kid. We're playing real Works. football, and that is that is ridiculous. That is that's ridiculous. And especially after Tyrone Mings had such a good game, savvy vet, violent player. He <sighs> sat back when he needed to. Was safe with the ball. Um, sure, Kanza should have went in for, in, instead of him. Uh, I'll take that. But that, that's not the world we're living in. We're living in Tyrone Mings's world, and you got to let him rock. He's just so like, him it rock. should be Maguire. It should be Maguire. Should be sorry. Maguire. Okay, Maguire. yeah, we, yeah, should be so. Maguire. But it shouldn't be Kyle Walker in the I think that's crazy. I think that's a recipe for disaster. You're gonna get caught out. It's like Nicholas Altamendi on steroids. Like that's ridiculous. That that's how you lose. That's how you lose. And 
You had Trippier at right back? Yeah. Beautiful. Amazing. Love the guy. Love the guy. He's amazing. He showed his class once again. He can get back well enough. He can put in a great ball. I feel like if that free kick was just an inch or two higher, doesn't it was top bins. It was going in. It had the dip. It had the dip. It had the whip. It had the chip. No flip. It was amazing. And um, so I'm right. I'm right with you there. You're losing me again with Declan Rice, though. I don't know, like, how the hell you can put him back there. It's Calvin Phillips' job until Jordan Henderson oh, is healthy again. I forgot Calvin about Calvin Phillips. Phillips. Masterclass, bro. Let's Absolute masterclass. Yeah, I completely forgot about him. I right. will, I'll wear that one. You can you can have your mulligan on, on that. I'm but if he's a $100 million player, he should be able to do that job. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, it's all Fair enough. Say. He's still not better than Fred. Um, no. No, he's he, not. Oh, Jesus, no. He's no, not. no, 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 no. I meant to say that the other way around, but I said it and I didn't mean it. <laughs> and we so, can't edit it out. Oh, well. We can't edit it on out because it was mid-conversation. It's on record. It's on the air. That's a neck. That's a neck. All right. Um, so you said Mountain Foden? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I disagree. I disagree. Um, only because I have Foden at a different spot on the pitch. I'm going to obviously keep Mountain there, but instead of Foden, I'm going to go for a number eight who can do some before two something when he gets the ball at the top of the pitch. The young kid, give him the keys, Jude Bellingham. I think he's a better midfielder than Phil Foden. Mm-hmm. Potentially could be the better player when it's all said and done. They're, they're both so young in their professional careers, and Foden was certainly not doing what Bellingham was doing at his age, to, to be fair. So... I'm putting Bellingham in there over, over, um, over Foden. And where I'm changing that is I got Foden in over Grealish. And I understand you, you want to have Grealish in there. He's a great player. And I'd play Grealish, but for me, he's made for the occasion. He's proved he can do it in the biggest moments against the bestest of teams. Yeah, the final was a flop. I'll say it. But... um I think you got to give Phil Foden the keys. The next two, uh, Sancho and Kane, easy. Gareth Southgate, I don't know how the hell he, do- he doesn't have him in the in the 18. That was atrocious. That was ridiculous. That was that was super funny. And that then was... didn't play Grealish at all. Yeah, yeah. It, it's hard to mess up the English job. Like, it's really hard. Like, tactically, yeah, that's tough. But, like, selection-wise... That should be it, it. Like, there's so many good things you can choose. Every position has two, two or three viable options if everyone's healthy. And he just messed it up so badly. Um, I do agree. I like your Foden and Grealish thing. How he took Grealish out. I just think that they both need to be on the pitch for how well they are with the ball and Grealish's ability to draw fouls and Foden's ability to draw fouls with Trippier. Um, if they took James Ward-Prowse even more so, you'd find a way for him to get on the field and uh, just with those guys drawing fouls all over the place, it'd be like target practice for those two. Yeah, no, that that is an underrated aspect. I think um, maybe against a lower block team, I'd yeah. put Foden and Grealish on the field, maybe slide Foden into that midfield, like you said, take Bellingham off and you know really just go at him, throw all the, throw all the techers out there. Why not? Um, if you got to break down a defense, you got to have the magicians unlock the box. 
And uh, so, yeah, I agree with that. Um, on to how they're going to do. They have a group made up of the Czech Republic, Scotland, and Croatia. They got a dub against Croatia. I thought they played really well, um, despite, you know, some questions in the lineup. You know, Raheem Sterling actually got his first goal in a big tournament for England. Hats off to him, I guess. Still played like shit. I don't care. Like you don't, yeah. you don't, you, you're not going to a couple of bad touches. Kareem Benzema yeah. said it best. I think he was subtweeting Raheem Sterling when he said that he's like, I hate football. He's like football nowadays. You can play like shit for 90 minutes and then um, be the hero because you scored a, scored the winning goal. I don't want to be that type of player. And you know, that that's, that's exactly what Raheem Sterling did. He, he fucked up multiple chances that were created off of beautiful passes, mostly by way of Calvin Phillips. Tyrone Mings, he had a few of them as well. Don't get me wrong. Mount had um, one. Yeah, Mount had one. Trippier was creating for him, and uh, he he fucked them. He fucked nice, mostly all of them up. And uh, so not I'm a good game. By him. It would have been yeah. They would have scored. They would have beat him down. It was an impressive showing though against that midfield. You know, experience throughout. Fucking Brozovic, uh, Modric, and Kovacic. You know, hard pressed to find a better three than that. A more balanced three as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, and then we got the Czech Republic. They dunked on Scotland. Patrick Schick, goal of the tournament so far. Probably goal of the tournament. It's going to be really hard for somebody to outdo that chip from nearly half field. And um, just absolutely amazing. And he's my player to watch for, the, for this group in the Czech Republic. You're like, what? There's so many players. Well, yeah, this is a Premier League podcast. You know about all the Premier League players. We've talked about all of them. We, you guys should know how good these players are by now. And that's why I didn't pick Suchek or Sioux Falls. They were part of a very exciting and solid West Ham team. This guy, this guy, Patty Schick, part of a cheeky Hertha BSC team. They weren't really good. He was the only reason that they could win a game ever, ever, literally ever. And Honestly, I think this Czech team is better than that Bundesliga team. Put them head-to-head given the experience of all the players that play together on, uh, I believe, Slavia Praha is the, the, main, the main source of, of this squad. And uh, then you got some, some good players mixed in. I thought Scotland was going to make it out of the group. Czechs played well. This is actually a cheeky, really tough group. What, what do you think? Who, who's going the furthest in this group, and who is the odd man out? Um, Scotland going home. See ya. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say about them. Um, I think I think England are the favorites to win the group just because of how much talent they had. Like, touched on earlier, talent only gets you so far. Um, I like England to make it. Cro- uh, Czech Republic. Ooh, jeez. The Czech Republic had a huge win, uh, and that's going to help them moving forward. If they can get another one or just take points from both games or do something, I think they'll finish second. Um, But I still like Croatia to make it up. But I have England going, and they'll win probably – they'll win at least one knockout game. And and, uh, then they'll take it from there. We'll take it from there, and we'll see who they have to play against. We'll see what Gareth decides to do. At the end of the day, he is what's going to stop this England team. This England team, if they're put into a position to succeed, they can 
and they might succeed until they get to the later stages and have to play a really good team like Portugal or Belgium. And, you know, then they might be boned, but we'll With see. With an actual coach. Yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, I, I <sighs> hate to say it. I think they're not going to make it out of the group. I think this was the best they're going to get. They're not going to change the lineup at all. And um, it's going to fuck them. It's going to fuck them. The Czechs are going to beat them. And a draw is not going to be enough versus the Scots. The Scots are going to spoil the party for England. That's going to be the result. And Scots may be going home as well. This may be a two-teamer. Do you know uh, how, like, just what you said and then how ludicrous it sounds when put into practice? Yeah. No, I I completely understand it. 18, three straight times. Yeah, him no, not I playing Grealish three. Him starting I think, Sterling. I think three I think three. this is going to be a net positive long term for the English national team. But Gareth Southgate is going to mismanage this 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 tournament run so bad, and he's so lucky that Calvin Phillips literally burst onto the scene in the Premier League and put on a masterclass against one of the most experienced and well-rounded midfields in the Euros by himself. By himself, because <laughs> Declan Rice was playing left back. And Mason Mount was drifting all over the place. And he had an okay game, but I, it wasn't Mason Mount-esque. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Calvin Phillips was th- slotted the thread to Raheem that he barely finished, mind you. Everyone's like, oh, my. No. Shot it right at the keep still. <laughs> Honestly, should, shouldn't have gone in. Uh, do you still think Cage should have sweated it <laughs> right across the net to Sterling? Or was it a good decision to shoot? I think Raheem Sterling might need to go back to Mary's side. I mean, the blue side. Take him. Um, yeah, so that's that's Group D. Moving on to Group E, we got Slovakia, Spain, Sweden, and Poland. Slovakia beat Poland in an upset today. Uh, 2-1 victory for them. Uh, Lewandowski was nowhere to be seen. Poland picked up a red card in uh, about the hour mark, and it was finished for them. Sweden and Spain played a thrilling no-no that we've talked about already. Um, who is your player to watch in this group? My player to watch actually uh, played today in the Spain-Sweden game. And he's not Spanish. He's Swedish. Alexander Isik, uh, the Real Sociedad man. My opinion, the heir to Erlen Holland's throne over at Dortmund. Uh, this kid, so young, yet so much experience he's been at Dortmund before um he's good with the ball at his feet he's a tall player he's 6'3 21 years of age uh he's a striker obviously and just his ability to what he did against the Spanish team today alone going at players going at Laporte like trying to muscle them it showed no fear um, the dribbling he showed in and around the box, creating the best chance of the game for either team, um, dribbling through two, three Spain defenders and putting a, crawl, a ball across the face to the net. And I don't remember who it was, but they just completely shanked it and missed an empty netter. So he should have had an assist, but his pace combined with his height, combined with his technical skills, combined with his knack for a goal. He saw how the season he had at Sociedad. Um, he, he, he's good enough to carry this team and without Zlatan there, it's his, it's his tournament that I think this will be his coming out party. And I'm excited to see what this guy has in store. Should have had a goal if it wasn't for 
the uh, the Llorente being back and being aware and kicking one off the post too. So he should have had a couple of stats in this game. But yeah, so uh, he's he's my uh, guy to keep an eye on. Yeah, I, I like I, I like that. My guy to keep an eye on though. I, I got Diego Lorente. Like like I, I think he's an absolute beast. Shout out Diego Simeone. Um how far do you see Spain going? Depending on draw, best case. Honestly, after their striking output today. I'm gonna say they make it to the quarters. Um and then I think they run up against a real team. But uh finishing bites him in the ass. Yeah, that's Start Gerard Moreno. That's my advice. They need to. They need to. They need to do something other than Alvaro Morata. Because yes, if he's not off sides, he's missing a chance. Missing a so. chance. Absolutely agree. Um do you do you think they're gonna call this a penalty? I, I might be behind you, but do you think this is they're gonna call this a penalty? Uh that's what I was looking at. <laughs> uh square in the nuts, dude. I think th- I think they definitely call it a penalty because that's that's dangerous play. And that's my player to watch for the Chileans, but we'll get to that when uh when we get to Copa. He's been on the ground like thirty times tonight. It's been yeah. awesome. Yeah, he, <laughs> his red jersey is now dark red because of the green stains. He uh, didn't play a lot for Inter towards the end of the uh, season, so he's just been gearing up for for this moment. It's a Colombian uh, rap. He'll make the right decision. Yes, he will. He will make the right decision. So penalty to Chile. Um, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's tough. It's not, <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> I mean, like Arturo s- certainly does the most to make sure he, he, he gets get, kicked in the balls, but yeah, he, he, he got, got kicked out in the balls. <laughs> so at the end of the day, might be a penalty. Uh, we'll see about that group. Oh, he's about, he's about to call it for me, but group F we got France, Germany, Hungary. It's a penalty. Sheesh, that sucks. Um, and Portugal, the group of death, so they call it. No Dominic Schoberschlei. So that kind of sucks for them, for Hungary. They're going to finish dead bottom of the group. Um, this group is the only one that is yet to play. We got um, Portugal taking on Hungary and then France taking on Germany tomorrow. No, not tomorrow. Tomorrow is France-Germany. Saturday is I'm I'm bugging. I don't know what I'm. No, they're both about. tomorrow. They're both they're tomorrow. Both tomorrow. They're both tomorrow. Um, who's your player to watch in this group? Oh wow! Uh, my player to watch in this group is the Portuguese young left back Nunes. Nunes, uh, I think Nunes for the Americans out there. Uh, Nuno Mendes. Uh, He's just so young. He he's such a hard worker. He is so so just he has oh! all the intangibles. Oh, that's tough beans. That's tough beans, Argentina. <laughs> Off the rebird, Arturo Vidal. Arturo. I was waiting for that. I was waiting oh. for that. Oh no, that's tough beans, dude. What a jackass just really standing awesome. behind the line like that. Move your feet, kid. But, uh, yeah, um, he just has all the intangibles to be such a great player. Um, he's pacey. He's good with the ball at his feet. He can whip in ridiculous crosses with that wand of a left foot. And uh, I mean, Portugal have a good set of left backs and left fullbacks with Rafael Gray and Nuno Mendes. So I think um, 
they'll be able to it'll be rotation once they secure the group. But uh, yeah, I just he's the one I'm watching out for here because he's linked to a lot of big clubs for a lot of money. So uh, I think he'll be good. And now that uh, Joao Cancelo has uh, contracted COVID-19 ruled out for the Euros, I think Noon Mensch is in prime position to, to shine. Prime position to shine for Noon Mensch. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a great pick for someone to watch. Of course, I'm going to do the layup of uh, Ruben Diaz. I also think Bruno Fernandez is my pick for player of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Portugal is going to win the Euros. Yep. Um, I don't know if it's plus 850 still, but hop on that. And France is going to have their quarter decade flame out. I don't know. They they, they have drama. Hangover. Kareem is back. He's dealing with the blackmail case still. He's going to court for that this October. And uh, that's still looming large over the French national team. They brought the cancer back into the locker room, and it is going to fester. <laughs> it's going to fester. And Didier Deschamps is not going to know what to do. France is going to flame out of the Euros, possibly not even make it out of the group stage, and it's going to be tough, wow. tough going for Le Bleu. Yeah, uh, I think they play Portugal in the final. Uh, oh. Yeah, I don't think they win it. <laughs> uh, but I, I definitely think they play because, you know. They're really good. All right. Back at you, Copa America. We're actually watching live Chile versus Argentina. As you may have guessed by now, the pseudo goat or real goat, depending on who you ask, Lionel Messi has scored an absolute peach of a free kick. And Arturo Vidal, in, in addition to drawing maybe 15 or more fouls on the night, has drawn a penalty and, uh, I don't know if it was him or his boy that scored the rebound, but it's 1-1 right now. KG affair going back and forth. Game's kind of opening up. What do you think is going to win this game? Argentina. 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 Messi still has another moment in him. I don't see Chile winning, though. They're so energetic. They're pressing high. I think, you know, I hope Argentina wins. I hope they do, but I don't know. Chile looks like the better team right now. Um, Yeah. Is your player to watch for Argentina in the Copa America? My player to watch is not Lionel Messi. It is the young mercurial center half. Mercurial. Uh, I like it. Yeah, he's he's nice. He's nice. Uh, Christian Romero. uh, He's good. He's 23 years old. Um, He's been linked with a lot of different clubs um, this summer. So I think I think he has to have a big Copa. Um, and if he does, good for him. If not, I think that price tag will not be justified. He's been linked to United. I've seen him been linked to Chelsea. So um, I'd watch out for him. He's very good on the ball. He loves to dive into a tackle um, very recklessly, but that's kind of a trait of South American center backs used to playing very physical growing up. So um, – yeah, just watch him because if he irons out his rough edges, he can be a top, top class center back because he has the speed, he has the strength, he has the ball paying ability, and he has the knack and um, the lack of timidness to get into a tackle. 
Yeah, um, I'm not going to lie. I, I, you know, when I watch Atalanta play, I, I don't watch them for Christian Romero. I couldn't tell you too much about him, to be honest. Um, it's, you know, shame on me. But <laughs> I will watch out for him. I will watch for him during this Copa America. I solemnly swear. And after it, I will have a, I will have a, a well-formulated opinion of what his ceiling is in terms of the transfer market. But those are some serious name drops you had talking about who's interested. So if he's, if he's that highly rated yeah. by the, uh, by sources, then he must be kind of nice. My player to watch though, Chile's Arturo Vidal, the vet, the man he's been there. He's done that. Anything you want would do, he'll do it. He's like, um, he's like Liam Neeson, man. He's got a, you got a very specific set of skills and you don't want to fuck with them because he'll do a job. He'll find out where you live. He'll come get you. He'll draw fouls. He'll score a pen. He's, um, he's going to be exciting, especially because he got a nice rest towards the end of the season with inter Serie A winner, serial winner. Um, and uh, Chile are my dark horse make it pretty far at least to the semifinals in the Copa America I, I love the way they play energetic it's that mountain altitude gets them in different kind of shape and um you know they're always they're always a cheeky matchup they can nick a cheeky dub here and there they're gonna they're gonna try their heart out no matter who they're playing and um when they have to play Brazil they're gonna lose and uh but anybody else they're fair game against I think Chile, yeah, they're an older squad, but they have what it takes ability-wise and technically-wise to get the job done against the lesser teams. They can show up like they're showing up against Argentina right now. Um, they can show up and play against the big boys. So it'll be interesting. They're definitely one of the dark horses to go far because they'll, they'll tackle people. They'll get down and dirty, and they'll play with anybody. So uh, I do like that dark horse pick for you. All right. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you like it. Um, I do agree that they're getting old, but you know, as you know, like you said, they can get it done against the lesser teams that know how, and that know how might, uh, you know, help them spring a surprise on the, on the bigger teams. Yeah. But um, who's your favorite to win Copa America? Who, who you got? I think it has to be Brazil. Uh, they're home now. Stacked. They're, they're, they're stacked. Absolutely stacked. Um, but if it wasn't Brazil, I'd give it to Colombia. So it's going to be one of those two teams, but Brazil should win it much more easily than Portugal should win the Euros. I I agree with Brazil, especially because every time they've hosted Copa America, they've won it um, due to some controversy. Um, You know, obviously COVID is still a problem in the rest of the world. And along with some political unrest going on in Colombia, they were supposed to be the host nation. It was offered up to Argentina. They said, yeah, wait, no, maybe. Nah, never mind. We don't want it. And everybody was kind of mad at them for doing that shit. So then they had to give it to Brazil. Did they have to? Mm, not really. Is it the best idea? People are already worried about it. I don't think, to my knowledge, there's been an outbreak like there has been in the Spanish camp. So, you know. No, there was, there was a worse one. Oh, there's there a worse one? Where? Worse one. Where? Yeah, Venezuela, 13 Oof. players. Oof. Definitely make the final. Um, they're going to win the final. Not going to win the final, but they'll come in 
second. They're too talented. They're too well organized. They brought back one of their best, if not the best player they have in the attack. So um, I think they're primed to make a deep run. Yeah, no, I, I you know, obviously I, I disagree with that. I think the Divas are going to diva it up. Um, I think Timo Werner is going to miss about 10 big chances over the course of the Euros. That's my guess. And uh, the Germans, you know, I don't know. They're not going to make too much noise. Joachim Lowe is going to go off on a quiet note and go out quietly. But Hansi Flick's going to get in. Yeah. They're going to turn it all around. They're going to be his fucking super team again. It's going to be scary as hell. Bad news for everybody else. Um, yeah, that does it for Euros. Um, you, you agree Portugal's going to win? Yeah. Yeah. Player of the tournament? Anything short of that is a failure. Bruno Fernandes. Bruno Fernandes. Young player of the tournament? What is it? What's the cutoff? Is it 23 or 21? 21. Who's yours? I didn't hear you. Uh, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I didn't say what I'm, I'm thinking. Oh. I thought you lagged. And then, okay. All right. Um, my young player of the tournament is going to be Phil Foden. Young player of the year in the Premier League. Just double up at the Euros. Okay. Guys in 96, Foden 21. I'll go Pedro Neto. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. If he gets playing time, has a decent shout. Don't think he's going to get playing time. Don't think he should get playing time, but he might get playing time. He will. I don't think he should or will. Um, oh, it's, it could be for Antares. If he plays striker, he'd have a better shot at that. <laughs>